We're delighted to have you. If you have not met you, my name's Steve. It's my privilege to be the pastor here, and we're thrilled. I want to let you know that when we are done here, out back, we've got cookies. All right? Yes, yes. It's a, you picked a great weekend to join us. Typically, we're in a study of the book of Hebrews, uh, but this weekend, I wanted to take a little uh, time off. I, I, we're actually going to be in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28, uh, the weekends that we celebrate baptisms and, and just want to make it a time for those who are coming uh, to be a part. We, we sometimes step out of our series. And as we've been thinking in the book of Hebrews about the concern at times about drift, keeping our eyes off of the goal that lays before us and, and that those warning passages that we've been looking at, just reminded that as a church, sometimes it's easy for us to lose focus of why are we here? Why do we do what we do? Why are we gathered here in this moment? And so I wanted to take this weekend just to kind of remind everybody of God's call upon us as a church, God's call upon us as his people, and the importance of that. So I wanted to pick a, a passage you're all familiar with. It is Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, the last two verses in the book of Matthew. It's also known as the Great Commission, but it's really Jesus' marching orders for us. Look at verse 19. Go, therefore... And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Why do we exist? Why are we here? One of the great things about being a church is you don't ever have to spend a boatload of time trying to figure out what your mission statement is. You may want to tweak exactly how you express it, but Jesus actually gave us our mission, and it was to go make disciples. Now, what does that look like? That was the question some 27 years ago, actually right now. When we were in the process of praying about coming to Desert Springs, Desert Springs was praying about the process of us coming there and thinking through what is it that we wanted to be about as a church. And they knew it had to be this idea of making disciples, but we wanted to kind of break that down. This is what we came up with. And this is actually, to today, is the mission statement of Desert Springs Community Church. We exist to evangelize the lost, to establish believers in their faith, and to equip and impassion people for ministry. That's how we would define making a disciple. It always starts with the gospel. We want to be gospel-driven, gospel-focused. We want to always understand the importance of sharing the good news because it is the good news that is people's hope, right? Religion is, if you're here searching tonight, and there's an emptiness in your soul, religion is not the answer. Quite honestly, Desert Springs is not the answer. America's not the answer. The answer is Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God who created all things, and he loves you intently. 
So much so that he came and he died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin and for my sin so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have eternal life. Everything, everything changes with an understanding of the gospel. And that's what we believe God calls us to do, is to share the gospel. Now, the great thing about the gospel is that once someone comes to hear that, understand that, accept that, that's then the beginning. It's the beginning of the journey. They become a child of God by faith. And if you've not come to that point, that's where it begins. Putting your faith and trust in Jesus, what he did on the cross for you. The moment you do that, you begin an incredible journey. And that journey now is a relationship. It's a relationship with Jesus. And it's a relationship that just doesn't end at the end of your life. It goes on for all of eternity. So once you come to know Jesus, the next step now is to establish, right? We want to grow. It's about relationship. You go to John 17, 3. Jesus says, this is eternal life, that they may know you, Holy Father, and your Son whom you sent. It's all about relationship. So how do we grow in relationship with Jesus? Well, we grow in our faith through studying the Word of God. If you were with us last week, we, we talked from the book of Hebrews about how the Bible is living, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces into the very core of who we are. This is how we grow in our relationship with the Lord, is through spending time in His Word. It's through spending time with Him in prayer. It's through community of faith, right? We were called as brothers and sisters to be a part of a community. That's where discipleship happens. And we want to grow in our faith, grow in our relationship with the Lord, the third piece, then, is to, is to equip and impassion people for ministry. Here's the thing. If you come to faith in Jesus, you were saved for a purpose. Part of that purpose is to know him. The other part is to serve him. Someone has said we were saved to serve. Here at Desert Springs, we often try to remind ourselves that church was never to be about uh, you know, 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, 5 o'clock on Friday, Saturday night. It's not about a service. It is about a community of believers who huddles together, encourages one another, ministers to one another, and then goes, takes the gospel to the community around them, being the hands and the feet of Jesus. We were all called. That's why when, when you read scripture, it says that to everyone who comes to faith, he gives us a gift. He gives us his Holy Spirit. He empowers us for ministry. And so I, I realize, I, I get the, the fun, the joy of being up here on the stage. And of course, the, the band, we, we see them. And we sometimes look at those and go, man, well, I, I don't have those talents. I don't have those gifts. Well, that's fine because I don't have yours. And we all just do what God has called us to do. We all serve in the way that God has made us to serve. And that's how the body of Christ works. What I see as my job is the purpose of equipping the saints 
right? Because every one of you has come to faith in Christ. God has given you a spiritual gift to exercise within his body. It's important. It's needful. Now, a number of years ago, we begin to look at that and go, you know, that's a great, that's the best I understand. That's, that's a great description of what it means to make disciples. But for most of the people who attend our church, that really doesn't mean anything because it, it's the idea of what we are trying to do. So we kind of rewrote it. You may have heard this. This is a little bit more personal. This is what we want you to do. It's to engage with God, connect with others, live on mission. Engage with God, know him, right? Uh, spend time with him, grow in your relationship with the Lord, connect with others because discipleship always happens in community. God didn't save any of us to be lone rangers. And then he's called all of us to go live on mission. That's what we want you to do. That's the outworking of our mission statement. And so because of that, let me talk a little philosophy of ministry with you, right? Didn't know you were going to get a you know, this uh, schooling on ecclesiology tonight. But the philosophy of ministry that we hold to is this idea of oikos, your people. That every single one of us has a group, a tribe, so to speak, our, our circle, eight to 15 people. In, in the Greek, the word that's used is the word oikos. It's not a yogurt. It is your household. It is your people. It's your home, right? It's the people you do life with. And you say, well, what's so significant about that? Well, what's so significant about it is that, first of all, 78% of everybody. Now, let's, let's back that up a minute because I, I fly by that, and sometimes I don't think people really grasp that. Nearly, just shy of 80% of everyone who comes to faith in Jesus, not just in America, but globally, and for over 2,000 years, 80% of everyone who comes to faith in Christ comes to either a relative or a friend. Now, as a pastor, I would like to think that maybe the pastors would fit in there. Now, you know, statistically... It's only about 3%. 80%. Because you and I, in our lives, with the people we do life with, we live on mission. That's how people come to faith in Christ. And so what we've always seen is, is our job here then is to equip you. Uh, we're, we're not, and I want to be really careful here because I'm not trying to be negative about how other churches do this because God calls us to different things. But we are not what I would call an attractional model church. We're, we're, now, we're not trying to make people miserable, so don't worry about that. We're, we want people to engage, but, but it's why we do expository Bible preaching. It's why we dive into the book of Hebrews. It's, it's why we offer Bible study classes around here all over the place. Why? Because we want to equip you. We want to help you grow because you are the best missionary God has to reach those 8 to 15 people in your life, those people in your family, those neighbors on either side of you, those people that you work with, those people that you have to see three times a year at holidays. You're the best tool. You're the best missionary. The cool thing is you don't have to 
learn a new language and you only have to raise money to go do it. You can just learn to be the hands and feet of Jesus and the communicator of his truth. And that's what we believe God has called us to do. Oikos. That's why the very first ministry we began 27 years ago when I became the pastor here was equipping people, training people to learn to share their faith. We still do it today. If you haven't taken the training, you need to. We have Bible study classes here uh, all throughout the week. You need to be a part. You need to be growing. The last thing I want to tell you about Desert Springs is that a few years ago, our mission, what God had called us to do, and our philosophy of ministry of training others up kind of merged into this beautiful passion that God has given us to, to plant churches. Uh, number one, um, we, you know, we, we have people that drive quite a ways to come to us, and we're, we're thankful for that. And as I said, we're not an attractional church, but we do like for you to invite your friends to come. In fact, we, we do certain things throughout the year specifically so that you can invite those folks in your life who maybe don't know Jesus to come, and we're going to share the gospel and help you be a part of that. For instance, we've got Christmas Eve services coming up. That's one of the best times because we will do our best to make the gospel as clear as possible that night. In the month of January, we do what we call a faith and family series. This one's going to be uh, all your life. It's about marriage. It's designed for you to invite folk who don't know Jesus to come. We want to help you with that. The problem is, is when you live 20 miles away and you drive by 50 churches, right, to get here, it's a question, why do we do that? Um, and so, and the other thing is, is we're training up, we're equipping, we have people that are ready to do this. I'll never forget, Pastor Kyle had been our youth pastor for six years, and he had just grown and matured in ministry, and he was ready to pastor. I wasn't ready to go anyplace. It's like, what do we do? Well, I ended up putting his name in a, in a church back, back east, and, and it was like it crushed me. I thought, man, he's ready to go. I hate to ship him back there. And so God worked some things out about three years later when, when he came back, we were able to go plant our first church, Mission Church. Uh, and that, that was so cool. It was exciting. We sent people, and, and now there's a work that's about six, seven miles from here. Uh, now they actually just got in their new digs right across from the Goodyear uh, rec center there right there on Australia Parkway. In fact, if you live in that area, encourage you to check them out. Um, that was fun. And then God allowed us to plant a church down in Nicaragua and be, be the mother church for them and raise the money to buy their, their grounds and fund their pastor. And then, of course, in two, what, January 21 here, just 10 months ago, we were able to plant Salt Church. And it's just doing incredible. And so that's what God has called us to do. Let me tell you a little bit about our journey. I, I don't have a whole lot of time tonight, but uh, this is where we started. This was, uh, when I became the pastor, this was our building. It's just north of, of uh, it's over in Glendale, just off of 71st Avenue, and uh, 71st Drive. And this, this is where we were at. It was the old, like, best way I explained it, it's the 70s A-frame, real 
narrow, tall. We had 50 paid parking spots. We had two, two houses next door. And uh, we began there my first Sunday with 55 of us. There were about 30 that were still a part of Desert Springs. And then from the church that I was coming from, there were about 25 that came with us. And we began to, to come together. And God just did some incredible things. Back in that first few weeks, we saw a young lady come to faith in Christ. And she ultimately went on to Bible college and married a pastor and is in full-time service today. And just great things that happened there. We were there for, for nine years trying to evangelize the lost, establish believers in the faith, equip and impassion people for ministry. God did a really great work there. But it was in an area that was hard to, to find. And in fact, let me ask you, if you saw uh, that building, would you show up and come worship with us? Oh, okay. I see some people going like this, and I see some people going like that, and I hear somebody saying no. Um, but we'd outgrown the building. We had been in multiple services for a whole long time, and then God led us to be able to uh, actually sell that facility. We moved just down the street from here uh, as you're kind of going east, about a half mile there in Litchfield Park. Uh, where Epicentro is today. That was our campus. We moved there in 2004 in January with about 250 people. And then God really began to bless and, and we began to grow. And within about two, two and a half years, we were out of, we were just completely out of space. And uh, this building became available and we were able to to sell it, at, or we were able to buy it, and of course we were going to sell it, and that was all a fun plan, right? It was 2006, and you remember 2006, right? And, and, and even like buy a house around here, you had to sleep out overnight to maybe get in the lottery to get your name drawn, that they would give you the privilege of selling a house, right? So this, this piece of property had gone up a million dollars in its asking price, and then this property, we were getting at a fire sale because unfortunately they defaulted on a lease multiple times. It was just going to be this great thing, and so we bought this, and we put that on the market, and then anybody remember 2008, yeah, that um, 2008 hit, and so that led us in seven years of, of uh, just struggling with how to do it. In fact, for the last three of those years of 2011 to 2014, we actually were multi-site. Uh, we would, uh, <laughs> I would start a sermon, typically we'd start down there, but I would start a sermon, and 15 minutes in my sermon, they'd start a service down there. And I'd finish up, go jump in my car and drive down there. And uh, then I'd start preaching. In 15 minutes, they'd start another service here. And uh, then I'd get done. I'd walk on just about as at the end. And that's what we did. We did that for three years. That's a funner story to tell than it was to actually live. Um, 2014, God allowed us finally to sell that, kind of get situated here. And, and then our, our heart, that is warming towards church planting, and we're able to plant our first one in, in 2016. And the point is this. God has led our journey uh, through lots of times of faith, stretching. I, I could tell you stories from now and probably till next Saturday night, next Sunday morning, of the journeys God took us through. He stretched us. He called us all to sacrifice. And now we kind of sit here at this next crossroads for us. 
it's like we're, we're in this area. God has put us here. Our MO has been we've been like the clam with the shell. We, we outgrow a shell. We move. There was no strategic plan to that. It's just kind of how it happened. Point is, we're here. We love the location God has put us in. He's given us great favor down here at Western Sky Middle School. He's given us great favor at the high school. We, we don't want to leave here. But we want to impact this community. And as a church, you know, this is our oikos, right? I know numbers of you drive, some of you from Surprise, some of you out in Buckeye contingency out there, right? And uh, some of you drive in, but you've got to understand where we are as as a church body, where we worship, we have an oikos, we have a community. And the question becomes, how do we reach it better? And this was the thing we began to wrestle with a number of years ago. We, we want to plant churches. We, we, in fact, to be honest, I would love to get to a point where as a church, we have the ability to plant a church either here locally or internationally once a year. Because I believe it's one of the greatest ways to impact the communities with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here's the thing, folks. Lands, buildings, presence, they're tools. That's all they are. Um, you know, I, I showed you the, build, the, the old building, right? It was a tool. I, to be honest with you, let me run it back here, right? I love it. Battleship Gray, right? To be honest with you, without that building, Desert Springs probably doesn't exist today. There was something about that that we, we fought for that. We believe God had given us a presence, and it was great. But all it was was a tool, but it, it, it was a tool. And God allowed us to go from 55 to 250. And when I look at today and we look at what we're trying to do with our impact project, the whole point is here. We're looking for the best tools that we can to reach this community. Because here we go, within five miles of our church, if you were to draw, to, to draw that line, there are 185,000 people growing to over 230,000, they tell us, by the end of 2030. Most of them don't have a relationship with Jesus. Is a building going to save them? No. But does it give us a tool? Absolutely. Does it allow us to use the, the, the things that we have and actually use our gym as a gym to maybe reach out with you? It does. And so we put together a plan. We've got three major problems right now. If you, you know, there are three things that cap a church in growth. It's, uh, it, it's facility space, right? It's your auditorium space. We kind of get past that because we do multiple services. If we were all in one, that would be our number one issue right now. Number two is children's space. Number three is parking. Our biggest things here are the issues with parking and children's. So kind of phase one of what we're doing here is we're doing this bump out. It's about 88,000 square or 8,800 square foot um, space, which is about a third of what we have already. And then it's adding all this additional parking. That's, that's phase one. What it will allow us to do on the inside, 
This is where our existing wall is right now. So it allows us to add these four rooms, this room, and then on the upstairs, build a really large youth room because our youth room has been out of, out of space for quite a while. That, that's phase one. That's what we've been talking about. Sometimes you'll hear us talk about the impact project, phase one. This, this is phase one. Phase two then would be able to come now and to put a, another worship center. So, so multi-purpose, flat floor, ladies Bible study, think all those things that we do in here, but they are larger, actually built for worship. Uh, one of the things that I love is conference room, so we actually have a prayer room. I had a lady our last pizza with the pastor that said, Steve, do you ever do altar calls? And I said, not very often because there's just really no place to go. We use every single room. In fact, typically when we do something, we just send them over there where it says prayer. We have no space. And the first thing I said, if we're going to do this, this has to have a place where when people, you know, after service want to go pray and talk to the Lord, it's there. It gets us about 200, 250 more seats, that type of thing. And uh, then the, the third phase would actually be coming back in. And the big thing is, is actually making a kitchen. So this now becomes more of a fellowship hall. So like when we do... Uh, funerals, we can do the funeral, we can come over here and have a meal. When there's a wedding, you can do the wedding, come over here and have a reception. It's, it's just a wonderful piece to all of that. And uh, then ultimately what we can do if we need it, uh, we probably live with this a while, this come in from this wall, uh, about, uh, take about 25% of this side over here and add these classrooms both upstairs and downstairs. Uh, but we'd live with that for a while to see if we could do it. So we set out this goal, uh, and here's the great news. The first goal we've actually hit, for phase one, doing the bump out, all the infrastructure and the parking, 3.1 million, we've actually ticked that box, and I'm very thankful for that. The next phase, and we're on to this, we're raising money for it. If we had the money, we would actually go ahead and do it right now, is the phase two. It's the big piece. It, it's the five million piece. Phase three comes back. It's not near as big, about $750,000. Here's, here's the piece. Total amount pledged to date, just about 2.9. Then with the amount that has been given that hasn't been pledged, actually puts us at three point, almost $3.2 million. So where we're at is we've got box one, phase one ticked. We're about $100,000 into phase two. Now, what's really interesting, it's a three-year commitment that spans over four calendar years. You know why? Tax benefits. It's like, that's not why we give, but if we can do that, why not? We started in March. The pledging period um, actually goes to March of 2024. And so we laid it out in a way that people could make a pledge over and above their regular giving and, uh, and lay it out over four years to take advantage if that was an important thing. Uh, we have about 40% of our church that is pledged. Um, and yet we've had a boatload of people come in. We've got 60% of our folk who were around who haven't pledged yet. And what I want to do tonight is I just want to encourage you to join with all of those who were the last 27 years and those that were there in the 13 years before me who have given and sacrificed. And you know, I think back to those old days in Glendale. I don't think anybody ever saw us in here having 
you know, four services a weekend, beautiful pavilion out front. It's hard to imagine that. I'm not even sure I saw all that. But they gave, they sacrificed, they served. And look what God did. And what I want to invite all of you to do, if you've not become a part of this, is to consider it. Pray about it. Maybe you're in that point, kind of end of the year giving. And you're looking, you know, this would like to do. We'd love for you to consider putting it. I'll be honest with you. I, I, my prayer, I pray daily that God will provide that we can take phase one and two. Now, here's the thing. We're not going to do any long-term borrowing on this. We're only will borrow for construction loan what what is promised to come in over the three years of time. We don't want to wait three years. Uh, actually, right now on this part, which we have already the, the funds or the pledges made, looks like we're uh, break ground in, in April. Uh, but my prayer every day is that God will provide that we can do phase two. Because I think what that will do for us in getting us to the point where we can plant churches every year and we can minister to our community, where we can um, impact our community, is, is just so far off the charts compared to what we can do now. I've got a guy who has a heart to try to reach this community and use sports. We have a gym, would love to do it. Problem is this thing is used every single night of the week, except one. We got that, freeze it up. So would you pray? Would you consider? There's uh, some plug cards on the back table. You can grab one on your way to go get a cookie tonight, all right? I'm gonna invite you to stand. Whatever you do, don't miss next weekend. It's going to be so great with our local missionaries that are here. You're going to be blessed.